We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, Wednesday, March the 15th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. I see Bruin Nation, Gavin, Travi, Xavier, Stephen Royal Jr., C. Youngblood, Gad, Todd Smith, Noah Johns. What is going on? Appreciate you guys tuning in. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel to be sure your questions are answered there. John Edward, what is up? See you as well. Appreciate you guys tuning in. we got a lot to get into, of course. Yardcocks getting the win late last night, or last night, if you under the game was moved up to 4 o'clock. So, Yardcocks getting the W. We now turn our attention to SEC play, and we sit on the eve of March Madness. Officially getting underway tomorrow. Going to be a full day of college basketball. For those of us who love sports, love the game, and love March Madness, as a whole, really, really exciting stuff. Guys, before we get going, of course, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app. Go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, they've got everything you can think of in regards to what you can play college sports, pro sports. Anything and everything in between. And of course, guys, with March Madness starting tomorrow, you want to make sure you're in on the action. I know you're playing your spreads, you're playing your totals, you're playing your futures, but there's tons of value with prize picks. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show and of the Daily Crow have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Guys, we're taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. By the way, I want to shout out Nick Muse for this shirt, the Big Nick Energy shirt. This is exactly why I bought this shirt somewhat two years ago. I think it was actually three years ago I bought this because I was like, you know what? In two or three years or five years or even 10 years, this is going to be a very funny shirt to wear and to look back on and the fact that Nick Views dropped this merchandise line. So shout out to Nick. Hope he's doing well. And uh, yeah, really, really good stuff. I saw this in my closet today. I was like, you know what? I have not worn that in like over a year. Why not? We'll pull it out in the rotation 
so be it. Uh, Kelly Brown says, what kind of mayonnaise in your fridge? Hey, those are the important questions, Kelly. Uh, I'm a Duke's guy. Duke's mayo, of course. Duke's mayo. John Edward, not a Charlotte Panthers fan. I think you mean Carolina Panthers, but either way, <clears throat> Hayden Hurst is coming home. Yeah, the uh, Panthers have picked up tight end Hayden Hurst, of course, former Gamecock. Big pickup for them. Which quarterback will be throwing to him? We have no idea. Also, guys, we've got Mark Ryan joining the show at 12.15. Very excited to chat with Mark uh, and, and get his thoughts on a couple different things, but excited to talk with Mark. Um Again, guys, really, really excited for the show today and excited to get an SEC play this weekend. Let's see, breaking news, South Carolina's Aaliyah Boston and Iowa's Caitlin Clark headline the Associated Press All-American women's basketball team. So the AP All-American team has dropped for women's basketball. Let's see. Uh, where is the action? Here we go. The... Why do they not just list the first team? Like, why do they have to write a full-on? They can't just list it. They got to write it out. I'm surprised only Aaliyah Boston from the Gamecocks made the first team. I'm actually surprised that's the case. Let's see. Second team. So, Zaya Cook made third team. Zaya Cook was a third-team All-American um, Aaliyah Boston, first team. It's crazy. I, I really thought we'd have more, though. Kind of surprised. John Ember says, sarcasm. I said Charlotte because they play in Charlotte. Yes, I, I understand that, John Ember. I understand that. I, I, I do get that. So, congratulations to Aaliyah Boston for making the All-American team. Guys, who are your picks, by the way? Who are your picks for, for March Madness? Who are your picks for March Madness? You guys have any bold predictions, bold picks? By the way, College Baseball Hub tweeted this six minutes ago. D1 teams with the win per, or win percentage leaders through games played on March the 14th. South Carolina, number one in the country at 17-1 and one with a 9-4-4, 9-44 winning percentage. LSU right behind the Gamecocks, of course, with a 9-41 winning percentage at 16-1. and one. How about Kentucky's 15-2? and two? How about that? Wofford at 16-2. I know our good buddy Chase... The Queen Slayer, he's big on Wofford. He's big on Wofford. LSU 16 and 1. Virginia's 15 and 1. Louisville's 14 and 1. Bama's 16 and 2. I mentioned Kentucky. Wake Forest is 15 and 2. Arkansas's 14 and 2. Old Dominion is 14 and 2. And like I mentioned, Wofford also 14 and 2. So uh is there anybody left? I don't think anybody's undefeated still. I don't think anybody's undefeated. So Baker Mayfield has reached an agreement on a one-year deal worth up to $8.5 million with the Buccaneers. How about that? Baker Mayfield of the Bucs. So, a lot of big things happening on the NFL side of things. My, 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 uh, my guy in Anderson, he's a Packers fan. He's, he's actually happy that uh, Aaron Rodgers is head of the Jets. So, John Edwards says he got a couple upsets. Charleston beating San Diego State and Furman beating Virginia. Love that. Love that. Guys, also those again in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, be sure to questions answer that guy. You know, it's it's really interesting. Sometimes I run experiments on social media, and I'm not saying I create content solely for this reason, but I, you know, I pay attention to how the masses react to certain pieces of content, right? And so, you know, I know this time of year, admittedly, it's a slower time of year with, you know, foot, you know, yeah, we got spring ball starting up, but 
realistically, football's not really making any noise. Every now and then something will come up, but nothing crazy. You know, we're about to get into SEC play with baseball, but unless you're like a baseball diehard or a diehard of my show and you follow along, are you plugged in? You know, what, what have you? You're plugged into the level you want to be plugged into, and then, of course, basketball's over. And so this is the time of year, as I mentioned earlier, or I mentioned yesterday, that, uh, you know, unless you're a diehard, you're maybe kind of tuned out. But, but what I think's interesting, getting to the point, getting to the point. What I think's interesting is this, is we all recall the DeCarrion Joyner tweet right, from early in the 2022 football season that shook social media. That shook social media, right? And social media was a whirlwind for about a week, for about a week, right? And it ranged from people, you know, simply disagreeing with my take to those trying to get me canceled, calling up my business partners, going to great lengths to... Do everything they could to wipe TSUS off the face of the earth. What's so interesting, though, right, is you put out a take, an opinion, and I, I was about to say a critical take or opinion, and I look back, guys, I'm still not sorry for what I said about the carry-on joiner early in the season. I don't even think it was a hot take necessarily, right? If you look back on it, it's like, okay, that was actually pretty accurate. And if you think about what was actually said, it wasn't even that disrespectful. It was just honest. Either way, though, I say all that to say this yesterday. We talked about the carry on Joyner because of the commentary around him playing the running back position in a way. And I was very complimentary of Dak because, again, I, I like the carry on Joyner. I always have. And, uh, you know, it was very complimentary about he needs to touch the football. He can be a playmaker for us. He's got a skill set, although he may not be a quarterback or receiver or running back by trade necessarily. He's not one of those things. He can be many things and he can be. A, a positive impact guy for you. And an impact player in this offense for this football team can help you win games. But was very complimentary and positive about on Joyner. And so I threw up that video clip yesterday. And surprise, it's not going nearly, it doesn't have nearly the virality that the tweet back during the football season did. And, and it's just, it's just intriguing. It's interesting to me. It, it is. It is. It's the, you know, and I'm not surprised it's the nature of social media. It's especially the nature of the Bird app. You know, there, there, there's some people that they only speak up when they want to cancel somebody. There's some people they only, they only speak up when they want to be enraged. And if the only time you speak up is when you're enraged, if the only time you speak up and you speak out is when you're upset or you're fired up or you're trying to get someone canceled – that's on you. You actually like that. You gravitate towards that. Because if that wasn't the case, you would also make it a point to spread positivity. You would make it a point to spread, you know, something besides the negative, if you will. So I, I just think it's interesting. I just think it's interesting. And it's why I've said before, you know, fans and people, consumers out there, they can say they don't like the Mark Ryans of the world. They can say they don't like the critical banter and, and some of the quote-unquote shock jocks that are out there. And certainly my goal would never be to be one. I've never created a piece of content because I've said I've said to myself, well, this is what's going to move the needle. I was literally talking about this yesterday, somebody that, you know, there's there's people obviously that create content solely to go viral, right? And so it's, it's kind of, it's not genuine, authentic content, right? They're literally creating it solely to go viral. 
And I just can't imagine living that way. But I think the end consumer, I think consumers have to take some of the responsibility. Because if content like, you know, Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp, and I'm not saying those guys do a bad job, but if that type of content didn't move the needle, guess what, guys? That type of content wouldn't exist. People would stop making that content. If bad news didn't sell, right, then we would stop seeing so much bad news. But it is what sells, and it, it is what moves the needle. If I would have made a video yesterday instead saying that, well, you know, I, I don't think the carry-on joiner is a very good football player. I don't care what position they put him in. I think putting him at running back is a waste of time. He's, he's just not very good. He, he's not this. He's not that. That would have gone viral. That would have gone crazy. People would have used it as an opportunity to try to get TSUS canceled or, or, or drag my name through the mud for whatever reason. It, you know, I'm not really complaining. I fully accepted what the nature of the beast is, but it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad, right? Like it's when you think about it, it's it's a little bit unfortunate. It, it is. It's a little bit unfortunate. And I'm not even listen, I'm guilty too. We 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 pay attention to the car crash, right? We what what and I think it's because we lack perspective, but for human beings, it's in our human nature that when things go well or we speak positively, well, that's how it's supposed to be. So we don't give it as much attention or credit. We don't have enough perspective. We don't express gratitude consistently enough. But we love to watch when things go right, and we love to complain. We love to bitch. We love to we love to dwell, right? We love that. We just it fuels us, right? Like that that that's we love that. And again, I'm I'm not I'm I'm speaking with you all, not to you all. But it's also, again, I think as in consumers, I think it's consumers, the, con the end consumers got to hold themselves accountable. In regards to, well, why is this content? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you stoking these fires? Because stoking fires is what moves the needle. And for people in content, it is about views. It is about, it is about getting people riled up and, and, and generating reactions. And that's what generates banter. So again, I'm always going to be true, genuine, authentic myself. I'm going to create the content that, Number one, I believe drives value to my audience, but number two, that I want to make. And I, I'm going to be genuine, authentic, real to myself. I've done that to the jump. So I'm, I don't know, guys. I'm just sort of rambling here randomly on a Wednesday, but I just thought that was interesting. You know, that to carry on joiner clip, it was a, it was a, and I'm not saying I went out of my way to be positive. That's just truly genuinely how I felt. But it's it's interesting how that doesn't get near the reaction that a simple tweet that if you really, again, looked at it, because we didn't talk about this when it happened. If you really would have looked at it, if you really would have looked at it, wasn't all that bad. People wanted to be triggered. People wanted to get upset. That, And that's what's crazy. And I know, again, Bruin Nation, many of you others, though, I just see Bruin Nation a lot on Twitter, so I know he resonates. There's a lot of things that happen on Twitter that it's like people just want to get upset. Because most things you can see both sides of. You know what I mean? Most things you can see both sides of. So a lot of people choose the side of being upset. It's crazy, man. Anyways. Anyways, well, I'm not going to apologize for the rant, but uh, there, there's your daily rant. I just thought it was interesting, honestly. Uh, Mark Ryan about to join us here in the next minute or so. Really excited to chat with him. 
Excited to chat with Mark and get his thoughts on a few different things. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we uh, do not have any sort of technical issues like we had last week. And I see your comments, Coleman Hall. I think some great points is people are addicted to negativity and positivity. Man, the negative Nellies tend to be louder. Bad controversial news usually gets a reply in a discussion. Good And that is it. Great point. Good news poses no threat. Bad news triggers survival instincts. Yeah, I would agree. Now, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting for sure. Uh, no doubt. Okay, that being said, hey, let's go ahead and get him on. He's live every single day, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7, offsides with Mark Ryan. And, of course, he joins our show every Wednesday around 12, 15 or so. Very excited to chat with the man himself, Mark Ryan. Mark, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Great to see you. What's going on? Always good to catch up with uh, you, Chris Phillips, and the uh, Spurs Up show crowd. What's good? I've missed you guys. Hope everyone's having a good week. And uh, we are getting ready, Chris, for the two most unproductive work days in American <laughs> history, Thursday and Friday. What is your strategy, Chris, for Thursday and Friday? In the days, Chris, when we had real jobs, hmm. what, were, what, was your, what was your strategy? You either yeah. call in sick you're either at work in body but not in mind, right? Yeah. Or you just take the days off. What do you do? Yeah. So when I and I was going to ask you the same thing, Mark. But you know, my my uh, my previous experience before the business was sales and digital marketing. So kind of a loose, lax atmosphere for anybody who's worked in sales. It's it's a little bit more laid back, if you will. I will say, I'll never forget, Mark. 2016, I actually took those two days off, Thursday, Friday, like three months in advance. I knew. I was like, I want to do nothing but sit around. I was also gambling on sports a little bit at that point here and there, and I knew I was like, I want to be putting action in. I want to watch basketball nonstop for the next uh, the next three, four days, what have you. So taking the days off is always a great strategy. But if not, the good news was, again, when we worked in sales, we would actually put the games up on a projector at one of the places I worked at. So they were – but you're right, Mark. Nothing gets done. I, I mean, truly nothing gets done – they should be considered national holidays, in my opinion. I, I don't know. Like, why even fight it? Why not just all embrace it, right? I mean, so. If we got days <laughs> off which for sports holidays, Chris, if we got for days yeah. off for sports holidays, and look, I think it's time sports has reached a place in our country where we should have a sports mm -hmm. holiday. Do you do the day after the Super Bowl? Do you do opening day of Major League Baseball? Brother, I am doing one, of one if not both of these two days of March Madness mm -hmm. because, look – uh, all these people are at work and not working. And I'll tell you, Chris, a story from inside the business. Um, and by the way, on the chat, uh, Lynn Turner and Jay Smith uh, said, hello. What's what's good to you guys? Great to see you as well. Um, Chris, I once this was circa 2012. OK, hmm. 11 years ago. First day of March Madness, I had 103 fever. What did I do? What did I do? I showed up to work. Why? Because I knew if I called in sick. They would think yeah. I was playing hooky. Yeah. No one's going to believe you. It's the worst day to actually be sick because yeah. no one believes that you actually are. And I'm like, okay, when I walk in there and when I get on the air, they're going to be like, this guy looks and sounds like crap, which is no different from any other day, you know? But, um, but uh, then they, they saw me, they heard me, and they're like, go home. Please go home. You're a really sick dude. So, yeah, man, that's, that's the way it goes, man. But I'm excited about it. Furman taking on um, Virginia. Gamecocks knocking Clemson out of the tournaments, uh, or at least indirectly knocking them out of the tournaments. There's a lot to kick around with you, my friends. 
Yeah, Mark, for sure. And I, I was going to say, too, that uh, speaking of the sports holidays, I think Monday after the Super Bowl is a no-brainer for me. Like, I, I think, you know, as a baseball fan, I would love to see, you know, opening day. I think that'd be a really cool one because there's games all day long and all that. But, like, I could live with that one not being a, a holiday. But the Monday after the Super Bowl, Mark, that that to me just makes too much sense. I, that that truly makes too much sense to me. But whatever. It is what it well, is. Well, yeah, but, but look, Chris, we, we get, like, Columbus Day – you know yeah. what I mean? We yeah. get like just trade it, right? Just trade. We get it. President's I mean, Day. Yeah. Give me two days, mm -hmm. okay? And if you give me two days, Chris, I am going to choose mm -hmm. either the first two days of March Madness for my two days, or the first day of March Madness and the day after the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. If you give me two days, that's the only decision I got to make. Am I using both of the days on March Madness or one on March Madness and one on the Super Bowl? Uh, opening day for Major League Baseball has kind of lost a little bit of its luster, if you ask mm -hmm. me. But it's can we all agree, ladies and gentlemen, is yeah. this change we can believe in? Let's make <laughs> America great again. Let's give the people what they want. A Truly. sports holiday. A Truly. sports holiday. Can I get an amen? Amen. Mark, as a sports fan, how brutal is the Monday after this weekend, after you've just been you know, divulging in basketball nonstop, and then it's like that Monday there's just no sports. It's like... You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like coming off of something. You're like, I, I I need to come down slowly. This is too abrupt. This is too abrupt. Where are the games? <laughs> no, no, exactly, Chris. And I hit that, Chris, the Monday, like the Tuesday after the Super Bowl. Yeah. So this year it was February 14th, Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I've been eating steak every day. You just took my steak away from me. Now what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. You know? I got like a bunch of sides in front of me now, man. Where, where's the beef? Mm. And it is when you do this, guys, every single day to bring you into what, what Chris and I do, it is a real challenge. Like you get used to having the creme de la creme. You get used to having the best of content. And that's like suddenly you got to turn on the creative part of your brain again um, mm. because it's like, whoa, I've got four hours to fill. And I don't know how I'm going to do that. And I don't want to feel like I'm filling time. I want to feel like I'm mm. providing content of value to our, to our audience. So it becomes uh, very, very difficult. By the way, uh, GAD says, Mark beat, beat me too. Can I get an amen? We're thinking along the same lines. Brother David Garrick <laughs> says, rather have the day after college football championship. But see, Chris, you got to be able to have a consensus among Americans mm -hmm. as to what day it's going to be. Um, I don't think enough Americans would pick the day after the college football championship, right? I don't think because the college football championship should be on Saturday anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I was going to say. That's the real, that's the real problem with that. Like, why is it played on a Monday night? That makes no sense. No sense at all. But yeah, that, that just makes too much sense. Um, speaking of college basketball, Mark, you know, you asked me this on your show on Monday. I want to turn it back on you. Uh, as we begin March Madness, dust has settled for the Gamecocks, obviously, their season uh, has come to an end, mercifully, some would say. But uh, when you look at Lamont Paris, year one, now that it's over, when you look back, how do you evaluate it if you want to give it a grade? I know I told you C, C plus, because it's strange to you know, be pounding your chest and gloating over a year in which you, you performed as poorly as they did at times. But you did overachieve. You did overachieve preseason expectations, which were 14th in the league. You finished 12th. Your just overall thoughts on year one of Lamont Paris? B. I give him a B, Chris, um, because this was the projected last place team in the SEC. 
They did not finish last in the SEC. Um, you guys know that uh, I've said, other folks have said, that the Gamecock roster remind me of Gigi Jackson and four guys from the Y. You know what I mean? And so when you don't finish last with that roster, and then at the end of the season, you're largely competitive in almost every single game that you're playing, it paints a picture for what next year could look like. And, you know, now you're on the, you know, you're on the two-year plan. You have two growth years. Next year, the goal is NIT. And the following year, the goal is tournaments. And maybe that's realistic, Chris, and maybe it isn't. Okay? Maybe it's going to take a little bit longer than that. But freaking Brad Brownell has gotten 13 years of mediocrity. All right? Interestingly, both Clemson and South Carolina fans uh, who have informed us um, in great numbers that the goals for their programs are the same. Make the tournament more years than you miss it. Well, Brad Brunell has just been brought back for a 14th season, which shows you all you need to know about where Clemson Athletics prioritizes men's basketball. They don't at all, okay? Because what they're saying is, oh, yeah, Brad Brunell met the criteria to continue. What? Almost making the tournament, Chris, is good enough for keeping your job. Almost. Being one of the first four out, oh, we got to bring him back. And I had a number of Clemson fans say to me, um, this is one of the most successful seasons in Clemson men's basketball history. You can't fire him. One of the most successful seasons. Bro, you set your own expectations. You know, there is nothing limiting you. What was Gonzaga before the last 10 or 12 years? What were they? Seriously. Like, you build a program. You are making history every single day. So decide what your standards are going to be for your program and then hold everyone accountable to those standards. Go get it. Go make it happen. But, Chris, I got to tell you, man, in the history of college athletics, have you ever seen a rival bend over another rival the way that South Carolina has bent over Clemson the last 100 days? Yeah, have I, you ever seen it? I went no. back and I was looking at this, Chris. <laughs> I was looking at best rivalries and most painful moments of rivalries. In the last 100 days, the Gamecocks have knocked Clemson out of the college football playoff, and that's not coming from me. That's coming from a college football playoff committee member that I spoke to, okay? Um, they knocked Clemson out of the playoff. Clemson is in the playoff if they beat South Carolina. Um, and at least indirectly, South Carolina also knocked Clemson out of March Madness in, in the last – Hundred days. I mean, you guys are are you guys are sticking them, and then you're letting them bleed to death over the last one hundred days. That's ex I cannot think of another instance, Chris, in the history of college athletics where a rival has hurt another rival more in a shorter period of time um, than the Gamecocks have hurt Clemson. And I know you're probably very empathetic toward Clemson. You're probably extending <laughs> your heart out to them for these for these moments. Look, Chris, Clemson finished twenty three and ten. With four bad losses, two in quad three, two in quad four. Boston College, South Carolina in quad three, and uh, Loyola of Chicago and Louisville in quad four. If that is 24 and nine with three bad losses, do they get in? Maybe, right? Maybe. So consider what the Gamecocks have done to Clemson. How was that prostate? exam Clemson fans uh that was absolutely positively brutal for Clemson fans and look man 
um, they could beat you in football for the next three years, and it still wouldn't make up for what you've done for them right now. I was going to ask you, Mark, as a Gator and, you know, Florida, Florida State is a great rivalry. Have you ever seen a, a span where the Gators or FSU had the upper hand quite like, like a dominant span, if you will, across all sports or wrecking their dreams? I mean, I know, obviously, I think back to which it's really intriguing when you think about uh, 96 when what was it? FSU beat Florida in the regular season. And then Florida turns around and beats FSU in the national championship. The one that matters, which crazy, crazy. I mean, that's I can't even imagine. That happening with South Carolina and Clemson sucks. What a what a wild set of circumstances that would be. But what what are what are some memorable? Do you do you recall any memorable like dominations like that across a certain time span with Florida? Well, Florida by State? the way, Chris, I was in the marching band at Florida those two years. Okay, really? that that year, okay. Um, that year. So my sophomore year, I was in the marching band. I'll bring you guys a little story. Okay, uh, we're on the field, Chris. We're getting ready to go on to pregame. They've got this huge. This, this flag of Florida State with the logo on it mm. is the length of the end zone, okay? And I notice it's there. Mm. So I hatched a plan, okay? Let's hope that the authorities don't hear this because hopefully the statute of limitations have expired. But, Chris, uh, the trombone section and I, we unrolled the flag so we would be marching right on top of it, okay? <laughs> so that's what we did. We unrolled the flag. We marched right on top of the Florida State logo, when we got back to our section, stadium security was there, quote, asking for the trombone player who unrolled the flag and had everyone march all over it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No one gave me up, Chris. No one still has found me. Uh, Chris, that was a particular game. Florida lost the first game 24-21. Um, it was a game where there were numerous late hits, late hits out of bounds that were not called. Mm -hmm. It was at Florida State. It was one of those games where you know you're the better team and all the BS is working against you, you get a chance through Texas's upset of Nebraska in the Big 12 championship game. And then um, Ohio State beat Arizona State uh, in the Rose Bowl, which moved Florida all the way up from four to two for that rematch against Florida State. Steve Spurrier added in the shotgun against a fearsome defensive line of Florida State, which gave Danny Werfel, Redell Anthony, Jack Wes bringing Ike Hilliard and company, Fred Taylor, enough time to operate. And then after after the game, Bobby, that Florida won 52 to 20. Uh, Bobby Bowden said, now you see why I didn't want to play these guys again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now you see, because he knew that he had it. It was coming for him. It was, it was coming for him big time. Chris, to your point, there has never been a time, in my opinion, that one rival has gotten over on another rival more with more at stake has hurt them more, ripped their hearts out more than South Carolina has done right now to Clemson. But in 1998, Chris, the best game ever played in the Swamp, Florida State had one of their best teams ever. Florida had two losses, and Florida won 32-29, essentially at the gun, in the greatest game ever played uh, in the Swamp. I was there. Uh, it registered as a small earthquake, you know, on, <laughs> on the Richter scale. It was insane. Isn't that game actually nicknamed the greatest game ever played in the swamp? Isn't it is. It? I, I remember playing like, you know, you'd play uh, NCAA football and they'd have the the moments or whatever, and you could go back and play it. And I think that was – and then there was another one, the uh, the the what the, the choke at Doke. That was the other one, I think. Yeah, I just recall that for whatever reason. Those I don't guys. remember the choke at Doke at all, but I remember the uh, – <laughs> I remember the, right. uh, the greatest course. game ever played in the swamp. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah of course. 
No, that's uh, Florida, Florida State in the 90s was incredible between Spurrier and Bowden, what have you. Speaking of football, Mark, of course, uh, Gamecocks return to the practice field yesterday, spring ball underway. And it's like I told you, I think, on Monday, I think it more so provides us, kind of throws us the alley-oop, a great opportunity to, you know, to bring football back in a conversation because realistically, um, you know, we're, we're not behind closed doors. We're not going to really be at practice. A lot of it's just reinstilling fundamentals and kind of going through the basics. And then we've talked about it, right? Spring games and and how they can kind of feel. I mean, it's a glorified scrimmage at the end of the day. But when you look at South kind of football, again, you start up the conversation. And I just think about, you know, a new year, new expectations, sort of the pressure surrounding the Gamecocks football program. And, and I think the big storyline for this spring is, you know, as spring ball begins, the Dowell Loggins era begins and Spencer Rattler and expectations for him. And, uh, you know, you come off of last year and I know the way you finished, the way you finished, obviously we have this, this idea of Spencer Rattler and what he's going to be this year and what this offense is going to look like. But uh, I don't know, Mark, a lot, a lot of, a lot of big storylines. Again, I know it's just spring ball, but for us diehards, it's, it's something that we follow uh, extremely closely and, you know, just excited to see how, you know, with the Gamecocks, how it progresses and just sort of, you know, if you read enough between the lines, same thing, you know, with you, with you in Florida or every single SEC school, if you listen to the coordinators, listen to players talk, you can kind of start to see, okay, who are the, who are the stars of the fall going to be? You can kind of start to get some glimpses of what your football team's going to look like, but really intriguing, you know, bottom line, Mark, just glad to have some football back in the fold, if you will. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, man, um, you know, this, this, uh, hurts me deep within my loins, Chris, um, really, really does, um, is the fact that I can't think of a season with less excitement heading in if you're a Florida fan. And I've, I can't think of a season with more excitement heading in if you're a Gamecock fan, right? Uh, was it you, Chris, that posted the SEC coaches rankings the other day? Like you, you uh, somebody. Yeah, Beamer was ranked 24th. Yes, 24th. Well, no, no, no. But the, uh, yesterday, I think it was just the SEC head coaches. Oh, I, um, I didn't post that. I didn't. Yeah, post that. and Beamer was sixth, and Napier was eleventh out of uh, out of fourteen out of fourteen coaches. And um, you know, I looked at the list, and I was like, "Darn it, I can't argue this at this point." You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't argue it. I can't argue who was ahead of him. I can't argue um, being eleventh because of what's been seen and what's been shown, and not having the track record. And um, you know, I think best case scenario for Florida this year, seven and five. Best case scenario for the game, seven and five is an abomination at Florida. Okay. Right. That's, and that's the best case scenario. Best case scenario for the Gamecocks this year, I think is nine and three. And I think it's, it's all going to hinge upon how quickly everything gels with the new system, mm. right? How, to what degree are the playmakers getting the ball to what degree is Dowell Loggins an upgrade over Marcus Satterfield from a year ago? These are questions that we don't yet know the answer to. But I'll tell you, Chris, you know, at some point you're looking at where South Carolina is. And certainly there are questions, but there are more questions about the rest of the teams in that division. Right. And have we not highlighted that in year one, Shane Beamer finishes fourth in the East. Year two, he finishes third in the East. Year three, why should the goal not be second in the East this year? Um, you know, Kentucky adds Devin Leary. They've got a good core group of players and a good system, but they're beatable. Tennessee, everyone wants to, channeling my inner Dennis Green, crown Josh Heupel's ass. But Josh Heupel <laughs> had one really good year. Like, I don't understand all this Josh Heupel love. Like, uh, Brad Crawford had him in his top 10 coaches, Chris. 
He may be eventually, but after one year, you know, year one was what, seven and six, six and seven after year one. So, you know, you lose Hen and Hooker, you lose your two best wide receivers. Um, what's the guarantee that Tennessee is this top 10 or top 15 team next year? Florida is clearly in transition and you're never worried about Missouri or Vanderbilt, except for the fact that they could beat you or I, right? You're not worried about them in the standings though. So I think South Carolina has fewer questions than anyone else in the East, not named Georgia. And so I think second place is a very viable and realistic goal. Yeah, I think you make great points there, Mark, in regards to the rest of the conference, rest of the division, if you will. And uh, certainly we'll spend a lot of time talking about that, breaking it down as we get closer to kickoff. Uh, something I talked about, Mark, earlier this week, we'd love to get your thoughts on it. The, you know, with Texas and Oklahoma joining the league and everybody's going to have three permanent opponents you know, I said for South Carolina that I thought the three permanent opponents or I thought what would be good, you know, obviously we're all just kind of throwing stuff at a wall, seeing if it sticks and and making our projections, if you will. But I said that for South Carolina, because I think you got to be realistic, right? You, you can't say Mississippi State, Missouri, and Vandy, right? It has to be balanced. So I said for the Gamecocks, I'd love to get your thoughts. The three permanent opponents that I, I'd be I'd be fine with, I'd be good with, Georgia, because I, I love the border war and I love playing the best, Florida, I like that game. I like playing the Gators and then Vandy. Y- your thoughts on the three permanent opponents and oh, come uh, on, on the South Carolina? Co- well, I, I mean, I think that's come fair. On. I think that's fair. I think Florida's going to be back. I think Florida's going to be going to be a tough team. A lot of people said uh, Tennessee instead of Florida. I mean, I you know, I, I have no problems with that either. Here's but, what I so, you know. so you had Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Florida, Vandy, Georgia, Florida. Okay, Vandy. so the here's, game what I, here's what yeah. I heard there. Here's what I heard when you just said that. <laughs> Georgia, Florida, and let's sit back and have some candy. You know, that's 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 what I heard. Hey, somebody just, has yeah. to play Vanderbilt. Somebody's oh, got to play yeah, it. Yeah, I volunteer. Florida volunteers over here. Okay. Florida, Are you Florida sure after last year, Florida volunteers? Are you sure? Georgia, Florida, and that looks like some good movie candy over there. You see that? Give, give me, give me, give me some, give me some yeah. of that. No, I mean, and look, look. I I went to I went, Chris. I actually did a deep dive on this when the projections came out, mm-hmm. and. Florida and LSU got um, based on like, you know, okay, scale of one to 10, Chris, you, you evaluate Alabama as a 10, right? 10, mm, right? right? So scale of one to 10, Georgia's a 10. Um, Florida, where are they? Maybe a seven as a program, seven, right? Six, mm. seven, somewhere in there. South Carolina, maybe a six as a program, but probably better than Florida this next year. So I went through and just like what you could expect to face on a year in year out basis. Florida and LSU got the worst draw of anybody because they threw Florida, Oklahoma for no reason. You know what I mean? Mm. Like Oklahoma was on and like Oklahoma as a program is an eight. What you could expect to get each year in that game is an eight. Mm. And I think um, Georgia, South Carolina and Oklahoma were Florida's. Where is the candy in that threesome? You know what I'm saying? That's not any threesome that I've ever been a fan of, Chris. You know, so um, so look, I've, I've got an issue there. I've got a real issue there. And I like that Nick Saban popped off about that because it's not set in stone yet. And so it's it's holding holding them accountable. Vandy, Chris, give me a break. Somebody sure has to play that? them. Somebody it's has sure. to play them. That's all I'm saying. So who, who's going to get them? Somebody's going to get them. That's all I'm saying. Somebody's going to get him. Well, I'll tell you the proposed uh, the proposed opponents for Auburn, and I thought this was cute. Auburn would get Alabama, Georgia, and Vanderbilt. 
Well, you, you kind of have to throw him the layup at that point, right? Yeah, my, yeah. my goodness. Good, good, luck with Bam, good luck with Bama and Georgia every year. Well, well, well uh, we got a couple yeah. of questions coming in yeah, here, yeah. Chris. Gamecock yeah. Barbecue and Jeff Golich want to ask me, do I think Billy Napier gets another year? Uh, Jeff Golich says if they finish 6-6. Six and six. Um, Guys, I, I don't think continuing to replace coaches is the way to go. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to give Billy Napier at least four years. Okay, at least four years, because you got to understand in the culture where everyone pieces out and leaves and the transfer portal and NIL, the cupboard was bare, essentially, when he took over. He had Anthony Richardson and not much else. They're begging Ricky Pearsall to come back and not go pro to be their number one wide receiver next year. And they had Graham Mertz, you know, elect to go to Florida it was the only school that gave him a scholarship out of the out of the transfer portal, Chris. So um I'm going to give him some time, and I don't think you can write the book on him after year two. I think this year is going to be ugly, and I think I'm going to be talking a lot of Florida fans off the ledge after this year in in Gainesville. That's what I was going to say, Mark. Do you think that your school of thinking is going to be the popular consensus amongst Gator fans? Because I don't think so. I I, I just, I mean, the expectations at Florida. No, 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 no. I, no. I think they're going to be. No, I think they're going to be fire and brimstones and the natives are restless <laughs> and the pitchforks are coming out. I yeah. think I think all that's going to happen, Chris. But I, I, what I'm saying is it's very possible. If you think about it in the lines that you think about Lamont Paris, like if Lamont Paris goes 13 and 17 next year, do you know that he's not the guy? Mm. I don't think you can say that, right? Mm. I don't think you can say that at all, right? And then it goes back to, well, we're in a different era now. But consider what, how long it took Spurrier to pop at South Carolina, right? Consider how long that took. Consider how long it took Frank Beamer to pop at Virginia Tech, right? Now, Florida's a different animal. But, you know, Chris, when you have two failed head coaching hires in a row, the program takes a step back. When you have three failed coaching hires in a row, the program isn't what it used to be. Right. And um, the, the Florida Gators had um, – Jim McElwain, what, no, Will Muschamp, yeah. Jim McElwain, and Dan Mullen. Now, Dan Mullen, you can make a point, maybe was fired a little bit too early, you know, mm -hmm. did some good things. But Jim McElwain, Will Muschamp, uh, Will Muschamp, Jim McElwain, Dan Mullen, you're going to tell me you're going you're gonna to close the book on Billy Napier after a couple of years? Yeah. You know, for continuity's sake, don't you need to just stick with this for a little while, mm -hmm. Right. And he was such a highly sought-after guy, too, I feel like. He was such, like, a hot name, you know, when you were talking about potential big-time coaches or whatever when he was coming out of Louisiana. So, no, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think changing coaches every two or three years is the is the way to go. You know, although they're getting paid a lot and the pressures to win are there, I, I just – you can't build a program that way. You, you, just, you just realistically can't do it. So, I would agree with you 110%. Uh, Mark, I know we've got SEC baseball obviously starting this weekend. Hey, Florida has Alabama tomorrow night. I think they're on SEC Network top twenty-five matchup. The Gators are uh, they're red hot. I, I think Florida's very, very good. South Carolina seventeen and one now. Uh, I'll just ask you really briefly as SEC play as we really get into you know dare I say Mark the important part of the schedule because non-conference and everything is great. Obviously, taking down the Tigers two of three that was awesome, great to talk about, but. SEC play, Mark, is where you separate the men from the boys, truly, right? I mean, this is where we find out who you really are. Um, your impressions of, you know, the SEC, if you have any, but South Carolina baseball, what they've been doing, and obviously, again, I know it's against non-conference competition, but 
you know, the way they're swinging the bats, I think, is catching the attention of everyone in college baseball. And I'm really, really excited to see if that continues as they go up against weekend after weekend, the best pitching that the collegiate game has to offer. Yeah, look, uh, South Carolina looks great. Chris, I'm waiting for you to amend your statement that you're not sure South Carolina is Omaha bound. You know, you're not sure. Chris, Chris, name me 10 programs thus far that look better. Okay, Um, the the lineup, the lineup is absolutely popping. You know, the SEC, Chris, just consider where the SEC is as a conference where it's number one in football, number one in baseball, top three in basketball. The money that the football programs have generated for everybody else, every other athlete, tennis, gymnastics, baseball should thank the football players every time they they cross paths with them because they are rising all the ships for the other programs in the league. But I will say, Chris, that I think college baseball has a real visibility problem. You know, um, I was lamenting the fact in uh, October, November, uh, November, that the um, Clemson, South Carolina basketball game, men's basketball wasn't on TV. And people are saying, what? It's on my TV. It's on my TV. No, no, no. You know, your ESPN Plus is not broadcast television, <laughs> brother. Right. You know? And so when you're somebody like me, Chris, and you you have sold me, and then the Reedy River rivalry sold me at Floor Field on, on paying more attention to college baseball, like, I need to be able to turn on. I've got YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to turn on YouTube TV and have it be there on one of the networks. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be hooking up HDMI cables and plugging my phone into my TV <laughs> and like putting up a projector screen and mm-hmm. all this stuff. It needs to be more visible. It has a visibility problem, right? For a number of years in this country, uh, Major League Baseball was more popular than the NBA. Well, college baseball has never been more popular than college basketball. Why? Mm-hmm. College basketball has March Madness, but college baseball has a fantastic postseason. I love the postseason system of college baseball. So I think the powers that be need to really sit down and say, we've got a great product here. How do we make this more visible? How do we get more games on these hundreds of channels so people know right where to go to see all the best games, man? I think there's a visibility problem with college baseball. Yeah, Mark, and I would agree with you, and I think many others would as well, because it is a great product. I, I know baseball is sort of an acquired taste for some, or it's something you know you, you love from from birth or from you know when you're a young child or a young kid or what have you. But uh, I definitely agree with you. It's a great product that needs to be featured more. Mark Ryan of uh, Offsides with Mark Ryan. Mark, I got one last thing for you. It's a little bit off the wall, a little bit of change of pace, um, more so about you directly. And what I think so intriguing about you and your content, I, obviously, you're a national sports. Uh, you're a national sports guy, but being in the state of South Carolina, you talk a lot of Gamecocks and a lot of Tigers. How are you able to effectively position yourself sort of in the middle? And, and despite what some may say, you are in the middle because it's funny. You know, I, I had somebody comment in our Discord about, you know, let let Mark know that, uh, you know, we we knocked, Cle- you know, Clem sucks out of the tournament. I'm like, dude, he's been ragging them all week. Like, I'm like, Mark gives Clemson just as much hell as he gives South Carolina, but most Gamecock fans, and it's just the nature of, of Twitter and social media, as you know, you only focus on, some people do, they only focus on the things that outrage them and make them upset. They don't give credit to all of the content. I mean, I feel that in my own space as well. But how were you able to effectively sort of toe the line? Because – as you felt, right, it's a really tough line to toe. And I feel like you probably 
uh, you know, live by this. I would say if both sides dislike you, then you know you're doing something right. Or if both sides give you give you hell or you create banter on both sides, you know you're doing your job. So how are you able to effectively do that? Because, <clears throat> again, I know as a national sports host, although being in the state of South Carolina, it's, it's kind of like one of those things, you're either garnet and black or you're orange and purple. And if you're neither and you're in the middle, both sides give you shit. So how are you able to, to teeter that so well? Chris, the best thing I can tell you is, like, you got to have your team that is not either one of those. You know what I mean? And if you have your team and you give zero Fs, right, um, then, then that's the best way you can do it. And the, my favorite part of this, Chris, is Clemson fans think I'm in bed with the Gamecocks. Gamecock <laughs> fans think I'm in bed with Clemson. Um, and you got to make sure, Chris, you throw everybody a bone when they've right. earned it. Right. You got to make sure you do that. But, you know, I was hearing from Clemson fans this week, man, you don't seem very hashtag all in to me. And I'm like, I never was. When was I ever all in? You know, you use the hashtag when you when you write a tweet about them for the same reason that that you and everyone else does. So it's more easily found. But, Chris, you got to like you really have to, to you really have to take note of the positives and negatives that you are releasing. And at the end of each month, Chris, we look back at the podcast that we post, the content that we post, and we say, okay, this is, we had 20 posts on Clemson. And okay, um, nine were positive and 11 were negative. Let's try to get that as close to 10 and 10 as possible. And then we look at South Carolina. We've got 20 posts on South Carolina. 11 were positive, nine were negative. Let's try to get that as close to 50-50 as possible, which creates a situation, Chris, where the listeners just go nuts because they don't know what to think and they don't know what to believe. But you just do your best, man, to be fair. Um, and I appreciate the uh, the compliment very, very much because it's uh, it's not an easy thing. You know, when people say that our show is the Paul Feinbaum of South Carolina, who like fans the flame of the war in Alabama is how he came to fame, right? I take that as a huge compliment, man, because mm -hmm. it's not easy. Everybody wants to classify you as being on one side or other. With, with you, Chris, it's easy. You know, there's no question about where you stand, right? <laughs> but for me, there's a real, there was a missing link in this community. You know, like we, you know, obviously Gamecock fans are there. There's a Clemson Homer station in our market, right? There was a real need for somebody to come in and just shoot straight with people. Right. Sometimes they can't handle the truth, Chris. Sometimes they can't handle it. But there is a real need to get in there and shoot straight with people. And that's what we do to the very, very best of our ability. Mark, very well said. And again, that's why you guys have so much success. So, again, man, I, I uh, love to hear it. I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, again, guys, offsides of Mark Ryan, three to seven every single day, Monday through Friday. You guys can check him out on the airways at the Fan Upstate, of course, and at Mark Ryan on air on Twitter and on social media. Mark, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's always a pleasure, and I look forward to chatting with you on Monday of next week. Sounds good, brother. Love you guys. Take care. Have a great week. Enjoy the games. Should be holidays. First two days of March Madness. We'll talk to you guys Indeed. soon. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you soon, Mark. Appreciate you. Great stuff with Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. Appreciate Mark as always taking the time. Always an electric conversation. Yeah, I, I really admire and uh, respect what Mark does, and uh, you know, there's a reason he does it full-time. There's a reason they have so much success in doing it. Guys, we'll go ahead and jump into our first break. On the other side, I would love to hear from you, your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow.
All right, guys, are back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Uh, South Carolina's coordinators currently speaking to the media, Dowell Loggins, Clayton White, and Pete Limbo uh, speaking today. So I think that's going to be <clears> – <throat> that won't be an every Wednesday thing, I don't think, but uh, they are speaking today to give updates, I guess, on spring practice. So – be interesting to see what, uh, especially Dowell Loggins has got to say. I know we're all intrigued. Let's see. Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Just reading up on the Loggins comments. <clears throat> Nothing too crazy. Anyways, 843-790-3377. Yeah, appreciate Mark taking the time to chat. Always a pleasure. Joseph says at first, I definitely thought Mark Ryan was a Carolina hater. Seems like he has changed over the past few months. One of my favorite guests. Yeah, I mean, Joseph, I, I think that's the I think that's the danger of just getting kind of a small snapshot into someone and not doing more digging. I'm not saying you did this, but not being able to see more of that person and their work and and their perspective. And, I, you know, that's why I just – Mark Ryan is not a not a Clemson fan, not even remotely. So I just, you know, I, I I've been able to see that from the jump, and uh, that's why it was a no brainer for me to get him on the show. And and uh, Mark definitely provides value, provides value to this show and in the Gamecock space, and I appreciate him doing so. Um, but yeah, you know, listen, Mark has takes like everybody else, and sometimes those piss off Gamecock fans, but he also has takes that that piss off Clemson sucks fans as well. So. Trying to toe that line, I can understand, is uh, is really, really tough. So, uh, anyways, guys, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines here. Call from Dalton. Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going, man? You ready well. for March Madness? I am, yeah. I'm excited for the games tomorrow. I don't know exactly how many of them I'll watch, but I'll do my best to, uh, to tune in and, and stay up to date with everything. So, one question I have for you is, obviously, the women are the number one overall seed, you know, uh, expected favorites to to win a national championship this year. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would be a failure if they did not win a national championship in well, this year's? Yeah, season? well, I mean, failure is a strong word, Dalton. Failure is a bit of a strong word, but uh, I think most certainly it would be falling short of expectations. I mean, you know, Credit to Dawn Staley because it, it really does show the program that she has built to where it is national championship or bust, you know. And, and when you're the favorite and you're the number one overall seed and and you're undefeated, yeah. I mean, listen, if South Carolina does not win the national championship, will this season be considered a success? I think the answer is no, you know. So that's it, just a credit to what you've built and and the standard is what the standard is and. Uh, so, yeah, I think anything short of the national championship for the Gamecocks women's basketball team, I think you could argue that it would be a quote-unquote failure of a season because you did not reach the ultimate goal. Yeah, I mean, the tournament's weird. I certainly do expect that they will win the national title, but mm-hmm. 
It, it, it does. Sure it feels many, uh, it feels teams. aggressive to say failure in a season in which you're literally 32 and 0 and you won the SEC championship. But you know, I, I mean, it's just the re- <laughs> it's just the reality of uh, again what you've built and what expectations you've created. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I, I don't expect for uh, you know this team to have any issues in the early rounds here you know, against whoever we're playing Norfolk right. or, or whatever, we're going to, you know, beat them by like 50. But, yeah. you know, in the final four, anything can happen. You're going up against teams that are just as talented or, you know, maybe not just as talented on mm-hmm. a similar talent level to you. And if you play a bad game, I mean, one game sample size, anything can happen. So, I'm excited for uh, the men and, and the women's uh, tournament, and I certainly think this March Madness is going to be um, awesome. But mm-hmm. one question uh, going to baseball that I want to ask you is, obviously we're going into SEC play against Georgia. What is your outlook for, for this uh, sort of series that we're playing this weekend? Do you expect us to sweep the series? <laughs> do you think that would be a good result against Georgia, or do, do you think taking two out of three would be – you know, the, the result that you would expect and that would also be a good result? Well, I mean, I, I think a sweep, obviously, would be a great result. You know, I, I, the SEC, we all know how deep it is, and it's the best conference in all of college baseball. And so, you know, a team like Georgia, while they may not be one of those ranked in the top ten or a team that was really that highly thought of coming in the season, they're, 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 still, they're still a quality ball club. You know what I mean? So if you can go on the road and sweep them at Foley Field, I mean, that is an incredible weekend, and I think that'll be – I think even though they're not, say, LSU, Florida, whatever, I think that would be a very loud statement in the first weekend of SEC play that, hey, like, this isn't just something we were doing in non-conference play. Like, the Yardcocks are for real. Uh, if you can go on the road, win two out of three, I think that's a great weekend. Uh, you know, I, I will lock in my predictions, Dalton, tomorrow on this weekend, but I, I will admittedly say that I'm siding more probably towards – the two out of three versus the sweep. Um, you know, I, I just think it's it's a, it's an interesting weekend because it's so unpredictable, right? I mean, we've seen the Gamecocks against Clemsucks, but it's a different level of competition, right? You take that next step up now going into SEC play. And again, th- playing all three games away from home at Georgia's ballpark. So, you know, the dogs are going to give you their best shot. Uh, they've obviously got talent. They've got real SEC talent. Took two of three from Georgia Tech earlier this year. Um, and they're a solid ball club. They may not, again, they, they may not be one of the upper echelon teams. They may not be a team that, <clears throat> you know, is, is even ranked, but still a, a really tough team. And I think Georgia's a ball club that'll give some people trouble uh, throughout this year. So it's a big weekend, obviously, for South Carolina, as each and every single weekend of the SEC is. But, uh, you know, if you can win the series, you know, if you win the series, I think you consider that, especially on the road, Dalton, you take two out of three, you consider that a success. If you sweep, I mean, that that is a a huge weekend. So uh, I think there's a lot of reasons, obviously, for us to be excited about it. And I, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see how this team performs as you get going in SEC play. And then do you believe that uh, this weekend will be the first sort of weekend where we see Will Sanders sort of get his, his season back on track, uh, so to speak? You know, the last couple starts have been slightly underwhelming uh, compared to what we expected out of Will Sanders, but I feel like if he goes in game one against Georgia and, you know, gives up two earned runs, six innings pitched, um, you know, that'll be sort of a spark that'll mm-hmm. lead to more good things in the future. 
at risk of sounding like a broken record, Dalton, because I've already said this uh, this season, at risk of sounding like a broken record, this is a huge start for Will Sanders. And I think we will see the best version of Will. You know, this is a game where, you know, he's from the state of Georgia. I'm sure he knows a lot of guys on that Bulldogs roster. And I think this is one, you know, you think about two years ago, right, when he pitched in this game. I don't think it was his first start, but it was very early in his career. And he threw really, really well, threw really well. And I think it was the series clincher, actually, that he pitched. So I, I think Will Sanders, I think the juice, I, th- I think he'll be turned up a little bit, right? I think the uh, the blood will be pumping, if you will. I think there's a little bit of extra juice in this one for Will. And, uh, you know, I, I would expect him to pitch well because he hears all the chatter. He knows what's on the line. He wants to keep that starting job on that Friday night. And so I do believe that we're going to see the best version of him. Um, and if we don't, you know, obviously the chatter is going to continue to build and people are going to say, should he be moved? But I really feel confident that Will Sanders will throw well for you. But it's definitely, Dalton, to your credit, it's, it's without a doubt, it's a big start. It, it's a really big start. Uh, and you set the tone on Friday nights, right? I mean, South Carolina was able to overcome, uh, defy the odds, if you will, in 2021 when they went two and eight in game ones and still ended up going, what, 15 and 15, or I think it was 16 and 14 in SEC play. So, uh, you know, but winning game ones, you set the tone on Friday night, and I feel confident that Will Sanders will be that tone setter for you this weekend and all throughout this season as well. Well, I hope so. I'm looking forward to – this weekend's slate of uh, March Madness games as well as, you know, the series against uh, Georgia. And I certainly think we're going to beat Georgia. Although, you know, this is the SEC and every team's good. So, you know, but starting out with series wins against Georgia and Mizzou would certainly be a great start in SEC play. And it would sort of, uh, you know, set the tone for what we're going to see the rest of the season. And, you know, I certainly expect that to happen considering we're, we're leading the uh, country, I believe, in home runs or, you know, at least one of the top five. So, you know, the bats keep producing like that. Uh, you know, you certainly don't want to have bad starts from your, from your pitching staff. But, you know, putting all the onus on the pitching staff to win you games. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's not, you know, how you navigate SEC play. You, right. you have to score runs. And right. I think we've been doing a, a pretty good job of that. Yeah. No, for sure. I, and I know you, knowing you, Dalton, you're going to have some action going the next couple of days, right? I, I know you got to. You got any? Uh, you got any favorites? You got anything you're looking at? extra close do you think there's some value um, to be found i like i like providence on the spread against kentucky um kentucky has just let me down one too many times uh in big <laughs> games and and i refuse to bet on them uh in this spot so i think providence is going to cover or win um i like college of charleston to upset uh san diego state the uh, I believe that's the twelve against the five, mm-hmm. in in that. So, I definitely like what the Cougars have. I think they're uh, un, they're sort of underseeded, underrated, if you will, because of the conference that they play in. But the Cougars are a dangerous team, mm-hmm. and I think that they're gonna uh, win that first round matchup against uh, San Diego State. And so, those are my two biggest ones that I I feel confident in a win there. Very nice. It'll be a lot of fun, man. It's a bit of a uh, a gambler's dream, right, over the next couple of days with all the games going on. So, uh, it'll definitely be a blast, and we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, it it can turn into a nightmare, though. I'll, <laughs> I'll have you know. Hey, it's just don't don't start chasing. Through. Don't start chasing, my friend. Don't start chasing. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's all for me, and uh, you have a good one. Um, thank you for uh, taking my call, and I'll talk to you later. Dalton, you're the man. I appreciate it. Take care. Great stuff from our friend Dalton. And, uh, yeah, I know we're all excited for March Madness. And, of course, the uh, the gambling side of things, man, the gambling side of things makes it special. By the way, um, <clears throat> let's see. I think it was Chris Smith that pointed this out. Yeah, per Bovada. Bovada has lines for the women's college basketball games. You know, normally women's college basketball isn't getting lines or spreads, what have you, during the regular season. But the postseason, you get them. South Carolina is a 48-and-a-half-point favorite against Norfolk State on Friday. 48-and-a-half. So, should be a fun one. <laughs> should be a fun one for uh, for Don Staley's squad against the – I don't even know what Norfolk State's – I don't even know what Norfolk State's uh, mascot is. I really don't. I really don't, so – Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. Coleman Hall says, given the single elimination man of the basketball tournaments, I think a Final Four appearance is about all you can really reasonably expect. Yeah, Coleman, that's a good point. That's a good point. Austin Greer says they're 49.5 point favorites. Well, I just – oh, DraftKings. Okay, so DraftKings has them too. I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't know that DraftKings had a women's college basketball line, so I'll probably just reference them then. I didn't know that. Uh, let's see. Okay, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines here. Call from Football Frank. Football Frank, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Kyle, how you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? I'm sure Dalton knows scared money don't make money. That's a fact. That's a fact, indeed. That is a fact. <laughs> 171 days till football. Just got to keep everybody filled in. I love that. Uh, the countdown. The countdown very, never stops. The countdown never stops. Never stops. 
never stops. I, I, I didn't watch yesterday's game, but uh, I, over the weekend I was uh, kind of excited to see Caleb Denny hit that grand slam. I know it's only one hit, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hopefully it, it settles him down a little bit and gets us out of that uh, that uh, leadoff batter slump, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, between uh, if we could straighten that out, and like I said, get Sanders up there and throwing some gems early in the weekend, then that would probably uh, set us straight in these these three game away series, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. No, I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think I speak for a lot of people. I'm just excited to get an SEC play, man. I mean, yesterday was great. Obviously you get the dub and over the weekend taking care of business against Bethune Cookman. But now, now it's, now it's really time to see, right. What, uh, you know, what this team can do against the best competition and in all of college baseball. And I'm, and I'm actually glad you bring this up, Frank, because, you know, I, I talked about my expectations for this club, navigating through non-conference play. You know, I said if you were hitting below 300 after the non-conference, that it would be, you know, probably a reason to be concerned. Well, you finished non-conference play hitting 308. So, you did what I asked you to do, and the ERA sitting at uh, 2.55. So, you feel really good about your ball club and, you know, what you've done to this point and the, the way you're winning games. And, uh, you know, you're 26 for 28 also in stolen bases, so you're active on the bases as well. And <laughs> I think you have a lot of guys – that are playing their best baseball right now. So you should be in a great position to, you know, to, to, to start off SEC play on the right foot or the right note, if you will. And um, yeah, excited to watch the Gamecocks take on the dogs this weekend. But uh, yeah. And I think you make a lot of great points in regards to guys that are getting going, getting hot and, you know, hopefully that'll continue. Yeah. I mean, the stats, like you said, stats are good. ERA uh, batting average uh, overall, you know, it's a great confidence builder coming into this, to this part of the season. And I also think that, you know, the guys are playing great small ball, you know, taking advantage of stuff on and off the bases, uh, you know, which is a plus. A lot of people, you know, don't realize all that, you know, uh, advancing the runner, you know, it, these pass balls, taking advantage of that on base, you know, a lot of teams don't do that. They seem to be working that out. So that's another great facet I think they got going for them. Yeah, the approach, Frank, obviously is much different than from a season ago. Uh, there's just there's just no question, right? The approach is – it's night and day different, and, uh, you know, it's paying major dividends right now. So, uh, there's a mix of power. There's a mix of speed. Like you mentioned, productivity, productive outs, if you will. And, again, now we just have to see that continue because, hey, especially on, like, Friday nights or you're, you're going to have games where you're facing elite arms and – you know, you might have to win a game three to two. I mean, there's still going to be games where you score double-digit runs and, you know, you're swinging the bats well, but there's there's going to come more than more than a couple of opportunities to win close games, win come-from-behind games. And, um, you know, that's – you know, I, I think somebody phrased it beautifully yesterday that, you know, in the SEC, you're probably going to win 10 of your games and lose 10 of your games. It's just what do you do with the other 10, right? How do you fare in those? So – uh, and I love that quote, you know, in baseball, you win a third of the games you play and you lose a third of the games you play. What do you do with the other third? It's it sort of uh, – it, it exactly stands true to that point. So, uh, I'm just excited again to see how this team fares. And, you know, these next 30 conference games will truly determine what this season's going to be. Yeah. I, I mean, if you, even if you look at the one loss, you know, against Clem sucks, I, I don't – I think uh, – I'm not sure what, it, what exactly it was, but it looked like – uh, maybe they were a little intimidated to get that elevated, uh, you know, an elevated team, high level of talent. And I thought they left a lot on the table for that game. And they definitely did not let that happen through the rest of the series. And I think 
had they got that momentum going a little bit earlier, one or two innings early in that Clemson game, you know, we could have easily swept that series. Hmm. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, It'd be crazy to think we could be undefeated right now. But still, I mean, I, I think – I don't think there's anybody out there that wouldn't have taken that 17 and one record and, and, and what we've been doing at this point. So again, you put yourself in a position where you're entering conference play with as much confidence as you could, you could possibly ask this ball club to have. I, I think it'll pay off big too. I think we'll see it pay off big. Yep. That's great. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to hit the road. Uh, good talking to you. Have a great day. Frank, always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate you calling in. Great stuff from Frank, as always. Guys, we've hit 115. Let's go ahead and jump into a break. Let's see. Uh, yes, Hayden Hurst of the Panthers for sure. Breaking 70. Appreciate you tuning in. Like I said, let's jump into a break on the side. Let's continue with it. Your questions, your comments, your calls, and more here on this Wednesday. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, are back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Michael Lynn says, you need commercials. Chris, you should do promos for local businesses. Just an idea. Do you, Michael? I think that's a great idea. No, absolutely. I've actually pitched that to a couple of our business partners, and nobody's really taken advantage of it yet. So, uh, you know, we uh, that is certainly something, Michael, I, I would be more than open to, and I think there's great value in a business having – are using that commercial space, if you will. So, Michael, I like where your head's at, man. Absolutely. I think you're you're spot on with it. Um, Michael in Norfolk State is number one in scoring defense in the nation. South Carolina is number two. Okay, so Norfolk State is also the Spartans, I have learned. So, I, I, I don't think the Gamecocks will have <clears throat> much trouble with the Spartans. But, uh, hey, that's why they call it March Madness. You never know. You never know. So, let's see. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Wednesday, March the 15th, 2023. Mark's right. You got to get a little creative this time of year, right, with <clears throat> with content. And uh, just everything that's going on, not not quite as busy as some other times of year. But, you know, we love it. We love it either way. Uh, Pete Limbo says, we don't hand out a playbook on special teams. There's a reason for that. If I can't teach them what they need to know in a 20-minute meeting and the 25 to 30 minutes of practice time we get, it's too much. Love that. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. <clears throat> I love this from Dowell Loggins. He said, the way you get the next five-star <clears throat> is you sign one. You have to be able to get one of those guys before you can get a lot of those guys. I think that's a great perspective from Dowell Loggins and how it's a bit of a snowball effect in recruiting. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Awesome. Robbie Davis, Zach, be Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing on this uh... – Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? It is that it is hump day indeed, my friend. I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. Okay, how, I, was how right. are, uh, I was right. Okay. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Nice. Uh, my mom's not doing so good though. Mm. 
I was, what's My what's going on with that? So good. Uh, I don't know. She went to the doctor yesterday, got checked out, and something, something something's going on. I don't know all the details, just. Well, prayers for your mother, my friend. Pray, prayers for Mama Davis. So, so, and and also, I meant to say this yesterday. I found out exactly one week ago tomorrow that my cousin that I said was going to possibly go to Clemson, she's going to USC. Love that. Great decision. Great decision, so, my friend. And she told me that she actually talked to some of the big wigs for Clemson, and they told, and some of them, and they told her to go to Carolina. Mm. I was like, they really told you to go to Carolina? I find that hard to believe. <laughs> Even they know. But yeah, she's she, she's a so she's a future Gamecock, so she'll be leaving, I think, in August. Is what she told me. Hmm. So, but uh, I joked with her and I said, "Now I have an excuse to go to games and stuff now." <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think the baseball team played about as well as expected last uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was only, I was only a full hand and one finger off of my prediction. I was six runs off of my prediction because my prediction was eight to three. So I was only six runs off of my prediction. But all it is is a prediction. I don't care how it happens as long as we win and win convincingly Mm -hmm. and just take care of business. I don't care how it happens. Yeah, it's always – I definitely think – Go ahead. No, Go I was going to say it's always interesting. I'll have some people that will give me hell for, for quote-unquote, like missing a prediction, and, and it's just because the score was a bit off. But it's like we still won. So, I mean, what – what? that's not a missed <laughs> exactly. prediction. I picked the win. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely think that this coming weekend, Will Sanders is going to shove, Okay. This is our first conference series. I think he's going to be ready, and he's going to be wanting to prove a point. That that Friday game against Clemson was a bunch of tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. So I would hate to beat Georgia batters right now. Yeah, I, I think I think Will will, will will throw well. I really do. I, I think he'll perform. I think. Uh, Again, this is a big game for him being from the state of Georgia. You know, I thought it was a really a really cool thing two years ago when he pitched against him. Again, he's from Atlanta, right, or, or right around the area. So, I'm sure he knows yeah. a lot of the guys on that Georgia roster, and I, I'm sure they recruited him. So, this will be a big one for sure. This will be a big one for sure, and I'm excited to see, uh, you know, excited to see him take the bump. Oh yeah. And and I think it's basically safe to say that um I think I think regardless of how this season goes, okay? 
of even if, if we don't make a regional or if we even do, all right, no matter how this season goes, I would be shocked beyond belief if Will Sanders did not get drafted. He's projected as a first rounder, so I would be shocked as well. <laughs> like, like if I was if I was in front of a bunch of scouts, I'd be like, look, don't let a, a one or two or three bad weekends define if you're going to get the guy or not. I mean, obviously the man has the stuff, and I know there's a major difference a major difference between college baseball and professional baseball, mm-hmm. but with with work with 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 work he can get to the point to where whenever he does go pro, he doesn't even skip a beat. It'll be like, it would be, it, it would be like he's been <laughs> pitching in the major leagues for five years. Yeah. If he works at it. Yeah. I think Will Sanders has got a very bright, bright future. No doubt. And I, I'm hoping, and and I'm and I definitely am gonna. I definitely, if I had a bracket in front of me, I would for the girls' tournament. I would definitely have, you know, South Carolina winning the tournament. Not to sound biased, but I mean, who else is really in the running to to uh, possibly knock us off the pedestal? I mean, anybody that they put in front of us, we knock them down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think the Gamecocks are really going to feel a challenge until we get to probably the Elite board. Eight. The Elite Eight, maybe. That's when the games will start getting somewhat interesting. Um, but Oh, yeah. But we'll see, where, we'll see how everything goes, you know, come Friday. And then just do like you've been doing all season long. Take it one game at a time. Worry about the game in front of you right now, and then whenever that game is over, get ready for the next one. I need a coach, Robbie Davis, in my life. You you should be coaching somewhere, Robbie. You should and be coaching I honestly, somewhere. I can't believe I can't believe we're forty eight and a half point favorites. I honestly, goodness, am shocked that we are favored by that much. Well, if I recall correctly, last year, I forget who we played in that first game, but I think we were favored by like 51, and I'm, I think we covered. So, it's not as crazy <laughs> as you might think. Let's just say that. But, uh, and um, and I, uh, I talked to Marion Art. Uh, yesterday, while we were moseying around town doing all kinds of other, all kinds of stuff, mm. uh, definitely because he's a big basketball guy. He loves basketball. Mm. We are definitely going to try and go to some college of Charleston basketball games next season because it's right there, right, right down the road. But um, I will be pulling for the uh, college of Charleston Cougars. And Furman for the men's tournament. Love that. Yeah. Represent the state, right? Furman and CFC. 
Definitely hope exactly. to see them do well. Definitely sure. hope to see them do well. And as a matter of fact, my cousin that I mentioned earlier, her birthday is in two days. Really? Okay. So, he's a St. Patty's baby. Hmm. Very nice. <laughs> Happy early birthday. So, <clears throat> I'll, tell, I'll tell her you said happy birthday. Thank you. Thank <laughs> and, uh, and also, I think – I definitely, I don't think, I think if I'm switching to baseball, I know I always jump around, but I'm switching, okay? Anyways, I think um, Braswell, okay, uh, for the baseball team, uh, what's his, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Michael Braswell? I think if he won, huh? Michael Braswell? Yes. I think if he winds up not getting any, like playing time or a chance to hit mm-hmm. a lot this season, I honestly would not be surprised if he transferred. I'm actually surprised he hasn't already transferred. Well, you know, and Kevin Madden actually today, I'm not sure if you saw this, Robbie, but uh, Kevin Madden has uh, has left the team and apparently intends to enter the transfer portal per the big spur you know, I was going to say to that point, I, I don't think there's really a whole lot of value in, in hitting the transfer portal like right now. Uh, but after the season, you know, guys will will reevaluate their situations and, yeah. and just sort of go from there. And, and listen, I, I totally respect it, man. Guys want to play. They don't want to sit the bench. And, uh, you know, it's tough because Braswell was such an impact guy for us last year, but you know, just because that was the case last year doesn't mean that's the case this year. So I, I think Braz was a really good baseball right. player, and if it doesn't work out at South Carolina, he he will he will most certainly find a new home. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's a long I'm season. Guessing the, I'm guessing the reason Madden trans- transferring is because of playing time. Well, I mean, yeah, he just I think he had 11 at bats, and he went one for 11, and wasn't playing, and um, you know that's that. So you know, and, and he's also got one last year you know, one last year to use. So I guess that, uh, <clears throat> you know, he obviously wants to get the most out of it and, you know, because he wants to play at the next level. So. Well, best of luck to him. Hopefully the change of scenery helps and he starts uh, doing better. And um, that's one of the bad things about having so many great players on a, on a baseball roster. You want to play everybody, but you can only play nine of them. That's a fact, man. Yeah, no, for right. sure. It's 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 extremely competitive, and uh, guys win jobs, but you know, iron sharpens iron. But you know, for other guys, it means to to play, they're yeah. gonna have to probably go elsewhere. So, just the nature of the beast. Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes you just sometimes you just need a change a change of scenery whenever it comes to being in college. Mm-hmm. So, some. Maybe one university that would be good for somebody else, or that is toxic for you, mm. is better for somebody else. Maybe going somewhere else it would be better and beneficial for would be beneficial for somebody else than say me or someone else in my family. Mm. 
because if I was in if I was at a school somewhere and I was and I and it and it was like a toxic atmosphere, I'm gonna want to get the heck out like mm-hmm. immediately. <laughs> so, but anyways, best of luck to him, and uh, go Gamecocks and to heck with Clemson. Okay, when are y'all gonna learn that no matter how hard y'all try, y'all are not gonna be better than us in baseball? When are y'all gonna learn? They need to learn and quick. Well so. said, Robbie. Well said. Hey, I, I appreciate you always, my friend. It's always great to hear from you. You're welcome. And as always, leave the dumb stuff to me, okay? Leave the idiotic dumb stuff to me. We will no doubt, my friend. We will no doubt. I appreciate you, Robbie. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, you too, buddy. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, man, have a good one. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, as always. By the way, the big news in the sports world right now, Aaron Rodgers has made his intentions clear. He plans to play for the New York Jets. So, Aaron Rodgers, head of the Jets. What do you guys think about it? Very interesting stuff. I know we don't talk a lot of NFL on this show, but, uh, yeah. That's the big news shaking the uh, the sports world right now. So, uh, Ranger Ryan, why would Braswell transfer if Wimmer's going to the league next year? That's a great point, Ranger Ryan. That's a great point. Yeah, he could stick around and fight for that starting shortstop job, but you just have to wait and see. I don't know. I have no idea, Ranger Ryan. No idea. We'll have to wait and see what his, uh, you know, what his decision will be. What his decision will be. So, Jacob E. says, Braswell's at-bats have been terrible this season. Have not been great. You got to wonder where his head's at. You know what I mean? Jeff Gullis is just like Brett. He left the Packers to go to the Jets. Yeah, I don't know why, as I lose my my headset here, I don't know why that's the the hot destination, if you will. But uh, it is. Guys, very excited, by the way, as the TSUS tour, the spring tour with our friends over at Carolina Alehouse begins next week. We have got exclusive merch that I will be carrying on the tour. The Beamer Ball to the Moon Tour, right? T-shirts that are, you know, we've designed as sort of like a, like a, uh, you know, when your favorite artist or a musician or a group, whatever, goes on tour and you can buy like a tour T-shirt that that has uh, the, the dates and all that good stuff. Well, we've created our own Beamer Ball to the Moon Tour T-shirts. And those will only be available on the spring and summer tours with our friends at Carolina Ale House. I will have those on hand. And uh, yeah, I will have those on hand. And we'll have them for sale. So you guys come on out to get the merchandise. We'll drop a video tomorrow promoting the merchandise. Really, really cool stuff. Really cool. I I love the merch. I love the merch. Uh, D1Baseball.com has projected their permanent opponents for SEC Baseball. So the permanent opponents, you're going to have two permanent opponents. You're going to have two permanent opponents every year. They project South Carolinas to be Vanderbilt and Kentucky. I, or excuse me, was that correct? No, excuse me, I, I read that wrong. I read Tennessee's. Kentucky and Georgia. Kentucky and Georgia. 
which I would take that in a heartbeat. I would absolutely take that in a heartbeat. That's, that's about as manageable as you're going to get. So, guys, let's jump into one final break. On the side, we'll close it out with more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. On the side, you're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 15 minutes or so in the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. I want to go back to something that Dalton brought up a little bit earlier in the show. Is it too aggressive to say that after a 32-0 start, If South Carolina women's basketball does not win the national championship, is it too aggressive to say the season's a quote-unquote failure? Right? That was the the question posed by Dalton earlier. So, I just, I I don't know. That, That feels to me, like, to say the season's a failure if you don't win the national championship... It just feels aggressive because so much good has been accomplished in this season. But, I mean, credit to Dawn Staley and the expectations they've created. But, you know, if you don't win the national title, you fell short of expectations. You fell short of your goal. So, while I don't think calling it a failure maybe is fair, it will certainly be short of expectations if this team does not finish the job and win it all in a few weeks. And when you look at the roster, you look at the way this team's built, you look at Dawn Staley, the best coach in women's college basketball, I mean, there's no reason. I mean, they're the favorites in Vegas. I think minus 190 or minus 200 to win it all. Clear-cut favorites to be hoisting the trophy. I mean, if they do not, I don't know if, you know, we'll look at the season and say that was a failure, but we will say that this team did not hit the mark. They did not reach expectations. And that's just the reality when you've built a program like Dawn Staley has done. So you, you got to give a lot of credit to her and, and give a lot of credit to them for, for what they've built. So yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Lynn Turner, Marion R not a failure, but a disappointment. No doubt. Yeah. Not a failure, but a disappointment. That is a, that is a, uh, that's a good way to put it. I, I I also think failure is way too aggressive. Like if you were to lose in the in the you know round of thirty two or something like that, then okay, then maybe we can have that discussion. But to try to call it a failure, I I just yeah, I mean I, I think you just completely discredit everything else you've done to this point, which it's been a really, you know, really special season, really really special season. So. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. We'd love to hear from you guys. A bit of a slow day, to be totally honest with you, in the Gamecock side of things. Nothing too, too crazy taking place. Nothing too crazy. Nothing off the wall, over the top, what have you. Um, The big news in the sports world, again, is Aaron Rodgers making his intentions known that uh, he is going to play with the Jets. So, So, 
let's see. Just looking at more quotes from looking at more quotes from the coordinators speaking today. Uh, ben Poor, let's see. Limbo asked about how special teams has become woven into the fabric of what South Carolina does as a program. Quote, it's kind of become part of our brand for this coaching staff at this university at this point in time. No kidding. Beamer ball to the moon. Beamer ball to the moon indeed. Dowell Loggins, <clears throat> speaking with the media. <clears throat> Let's see. Loggins says that Lenoris Sellers has impressed during the offseason, said he's always first in the building and last to leave, said that he's earning some reps that a freshman might not usually get. How about that? Lenora Sellers already making an impact. Loggins also said he's very impressed with Luke Doty as a leader and a teammate in the quarterback room. Hmm. How about that? I know my guy Bruin Nation is uh, Bruin Nation's loving hearing that, loving hearing that. Travi, when was the last unbeaten women's basketball team? I'd have to look that up. Um, let's see, unbeaten women's basketball teams. The nine undefeated women's basketball national champions. Let's see. The last one to do it, yes, was UConn. 2015-2016, they went 38-0. and Before that, it was also UConn. 2013-14, they went 40-0. and How about 2011-2012? Baylor went 40-0. and 9 9-10, UConn, 39-0. They've been very good. 08-09, UConn, 39-0. 0 one oh two. UConn, 39 and 0. Good Lord. 97 to 98, Tennessee, 39 and 0. 94 to 95, Yukon, 35 and 0. 85 to 86, Texas went 34 and 0. Those are the nine undefeated women's basketball national champs. Of course, Baylor was the Brittany Griner teams. Yes. Brittany Griner and Odyssey Sims. That is a lot of undefeated seasons for UConn, though. I, I, I mean, I, I know they've got a great program, but damn, UConn is great history. But you know, Don's looking to build that with us. So, I, I'll tell you this: I know it's going to happen at some point. But when South Carolina finally does lose a game, it'll be surprising. It'll be surprising. 
Because I just I don't see anybody in the way of the Gamecocks. I really don't. Who's who can stop South Carolina? Wow, Adam Schefter <clears throat> confirming Aaron Rodgers' report. Aaron replied, lose my number. God, I mean, what, what, what's the beef with, with, uh, with Rodgers and Schefter? Interesting. Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. It was great yesterday, by the way, to, to, to talk uh, to talk business. It really was, to talk business and some some different things. Uh, Michael Lynn, we talked a lot about DK at running back yesterday. I, I love it. I love it. Giving an opportunity to utilize the skill sets. Also, it's a position of need for us. Uh, I, I mean, I think, dude, the spring's the time. Give him a look. Why not? I think spring is is absolutely time to give him a look, and 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 I, I'm excited to see what he can do because I mean he's a great athlete. We know that he's a great athlete, and he's a guy that when he touches the football, good things happen. Good things happen. But uh, now nah, it was cool yesterday, man. Just 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 getting to talk business and and thinking about the future, and obviously we stay present moment and everything. But uh, you know, always fun to kind of to kind of daydream and 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 look ahead and and you know talk about you know, some of the things that, uh, you know, we've got visions of. So really, really cool. But uh, always appreciate you guys. The love, the support, tune into the podcast. The Daily Crow, you know, it's, it's days like today, guys, and, and these weeks. And, you know, it's, it's easy to stay consistent in content during football season and during the, the, uh, the madness that is. But this time of year, man, it's, it's really special. We've got this crew tuned in and, you know, we're staying consistent with the content and everything going on. And, um, yeah, really excited for the weekend, though. Really excited for SEC baseball to get going. Also, it begins tomorrow. And let's actually look at – let's see. Let's look at some of the best series of the weekend. There's actually a couple of midweek games tonight. Mizzou plays Lamar at four. Arkansas, UNLV at four. And Mississippi State, Louisiana at six. That'll be a good game. That'll be a really good game. Um, Vandy, Ole Miss tomorrow at 7, and Florida, Alabama at 7. How about that? A couple of really good series getting going tomorrow night. Ole Miss and Vandy, 3 versus 6, and Bama versus Florida, 24 versus 5 in that one. Uh, the rest of the SEC looks like this. Of course, Carolina, Georgia, uh, and I'll, I'll say the home team first. Georgia, South Carolina, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Texas A&M hosting LSU, uh, Missouri hosting Tennessee, and then finally Arkansas and Auburn. So SEC baseball gets going tomorrow night. Then, of course, Friday, everybody is in play. Games ranging from 6 to 7.30. 
Uh, going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun. So even, even some of the games getting on the big channel on SEC Network. Stay tuned, by the way, guys. The podcast will drop tomorrow to be a full breakdown. A full breakdown of uh, the series this weekend. Also, we'll talk a little, little women's basketball and also some more spring ball talk as I'll talk uh, some position battles that you should be paying attention to and watching for and and I guess listening out for, if you will, because, again, we're not at spring practice. We're not behind the scenes, if you will. So we're not able to uh, to, to watch these battles unfold, but just some battles to keep in mind, some 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 position battles that uh, – you know, will inevitably inevitably be taking place. For example, the running back position, wide receiver two, you know, cornerback number one, if you will, uh, you know, the defensive front, linebacker, I mean, that, you know, the, the center position. Shane Beamer saying yesterday that Vers- Vershawn Lee and Nick Gargiulo are the two gentlemen battling out for that one. So, you know, there, 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 there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Gamecocks and Gamecock football and those position battles, if you will, and uh, some very important ones for sure that will have a a massive role in shaping this season, no doubt, no doubt. So, Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. You know what's also heating up? <clears throat> the transfer portal for college basketball. As I'm sure Lamont Paris is a very, very, very busy man right now. Scouring the transfer portal for some help for his program. No doubt. And, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's good players available for sure. And, you know, we'll see who the uh, who the Gamecocks can sign. But, uh, yeah, got to go get some dudes. Got to go get some dudes for sure. Got to go get some dudes. No doubt. <clears throat> Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Great stuff today, as always. TDC rocking as normal tomorrow, Friday, noon to 2, right here from the studio, it's, it's been nice this week being in studio. The consistency of the show I know last week was obviously crazy. So great to be back on the home front. Also, guys, this weekend, do not forget the live stream watch-alongs for South Carolina, Georgia, the baseball series. It'll be Friday at 6, Saturday at 2, and then Sunday at 3 o'clock. So looking forward to those as we watch the games together and uh, – we react accordingly, and it should be a lot of fun. You know, the the, the live stream watch-alongs in the Clemson series was a massive success. So cannot wait to do these again. And again, I appreciate you guys, your love and support on the home front, supporting us through uh, different types of content and, and being there every single step of the way. But guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your Wednesday. We will talk to you all tomorrow.